Zoom meetings. <laughs> Day drinking. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Another one that hits home. Times are good, my friends, and I am thirsty. Everybody, welcome to another episode of This My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry. Curtis and Swan are virtually here with me, but they are physically in isolation. Practicing good social distancing skills. Skills? Not skills. Practices. Whatever. Guys, welcome back to the show. What's oh, it's, up? It's a skill, Perry. I can hide from people forever. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you're not forced to. Yeah. Even when nobody asked. Yeah, it's like playing hide and go seek, but instead of staying in like a general like hundred feet area, you just get in your car and go home. It wasn't until you know Andy Bashir gave you a reason to actually do it that you felt like it was appropriate to do it, but you still did it anyway. Yeah, been doing this since birth. I'm so good at it. <laughs> yeah, healthy at home, man. You're yeah. a real Milford man. <laughs> the rest of development. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Hey, I uh, hope everybody is doing okay in isolation, in quarantining. Uh, of course, as always, we hope that everybody is staying as healthy as possible. And, uh, you know, if you or someone you know has been affected by the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, uh, our thoughts, of course, go out to all of y'all. And uh, it, it's, it sucks to have to deal with some of these things. Uh, but you know what? It's for the greater good. And... Uh, we can get through this, and we can get through this together. So, a great man once said that. He's the governor of our state. <laughs> oh, man, the Andy it's, Bashir it's memes. so funny to watch. Yeah. I think oh. we owe Andy Bashir a, a, a drink when all of this is over. I think he, he needs to come on the podcast, and uh, we just shower him with gifts. Yes. <laughs> that man just needs a vacation. Like, he just... He does. He deserves one, over. let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, he started out in, like, suit, suit jacket to no suit jacket, unbuttoned shirt to polo. <laughs> Eventually, he's just going to show up on the screen naked, and we're going to yeah. be like, I get it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like, I understand, man. We understand, buddy. He but, hasn't slept in probably like months. Ugh, poor guy. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to try to get Andy to come and hang out with us for for a drink or two. Yeah, we know all this all this settles down. Uh, but in the meantime, a couple of things up top. Uh, we are recording this the day after uh, some very exciting news dropped. Uh, not in the world of bourbon, but in the world of the pear bear. And uh, Pear Bear is no longer just him and him and the the bear wife. There's going to be a bear cub <laughs> coming the in. Bear uh, wife. The bear wife. Ugh. I'm very tired too. I was I was spent the entirety of yesterday conversing with people and telling them about everything that's been going on. And you know I'm very excited, but I'm I'm pretty tired <laughs> today. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like in six months. <laughs> mm, for sure. Oh, man, but uh, we're super excited. Um, that means that the the bourbon room is unfortunately going to be no more uh, here in a few months. Um, but we will still find a way to make this show happen. 
And uh, yeah, either way, super excited. Can't wait for it. Uh, but we're going to drink some bourbon in the meantime. So I uh, drinking in the crib. <laughs> I am sitting about where the crib's going to go. So can it support like 200 pounds and like three glasses of bourbon? Because that's it's going to need to. <laughs> where else am I going to record? We'll uh, we'll find out. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> that'd be real funny. We just set up in here, and we just wake the baby up. <laughs> hey, Surprise! Kid. It's Swan. Hey kid, it's time to do a podcast. Get up, get up. <laughs> God. Oh, I'll prepare you for childhood. <laughs> uh, I can hear the therapy bills already. Yeah, I mean, honestly, some kids are just like little drunk people, you know? Like they're just <laughs> floating around, you know? <laughs> Anyways, running into stuff. Bourbon, flying blind. I've oh, yeah. so flying blind, guys? <laughs> yes, flying blind. Let's do it. So, Swan, yep. let's talk about flying blind for a minute. Um, Curtis brought to my attention that uh, he does not have much left. Oh, I've got more than half. So, I figured... you've been having? I mean, a good amount, but I don't know. I have things to do, Kurt. I have to, like, get off the podcast and participate in life. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I've, I've literally only had... I've had just, like, a little, little pour for each podcast for Flying Blind. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can go all in. This podcast can be a mess. Yeah, Sleep I mean, deprivation, alcohol. I'm going to be yelling at squirrels <laughs> after this. <laughs> I think Allie might be stealing your bourbon there, Swan. Or Kurt. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. But anyway. So what I was going to say is that I figure that that means that I'm just going to reveal to you guys what this is today. Because uh-huh. Kurt doesn't really have enough to keep going after this week. Um, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll do the same thing that we've been doing for the past couple of weeks, um, where we taste it blind or these guys taste it blind, give their notes and everything. And then they'll give a guess as to what they think it is. Uh, and then I will this week actually reveal to them what it is that they've been drinking for the past three weeks. So has this changed much on the nose for you guys since last week? It's a little more ethanol-y for me this yeah, week. I, uh, yeah, for me, for me, I get a little bit more of the ethanol, but I also, for me, it's been about about the same. I, I've been, uh, I had a sip of it too, and on the palate, it's uh, pretty similar to last week too. See, for me, this week, it's kind of taken a whole different area. Like I've always felt like this one's been fruity since I've been given the sample, and now I'm getting like almost like a butterscotchy n- nose on it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's hard to pick out with all the ethanol. But I am using a different the, glass this week. The palette, weirdly for me, whew, it has gotten hotter, and it also is really presenting some of the dark, like char notes from the barrel, as well. Yeah. Ooh, that is. I mean, this has consistently been good. I think oh, yeah. that this is the, the best week of it so far, though. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to do one more guess. And I I think I'm going to go with... Um, oh, 
crap, I forgot the name. What's the 101 barrel picks you can do of Wild Turkey? Kentucky Spirit. Kentucky Spirit. I think it's a pick of that. I'm going to leave it. I I think I think I just want to know. <laughs> well, Kurt, you said it was uh you said it was a dusty turkey last week as well. It's interesting that you guys um both went with uh turkey products this week. Uh not because it is a turkey product, but it has turkey product in it. Mm. Um <laughs> I totally threw you guys for a loop. This is a blend. Okay. <laughs> Knew it. Called it first week. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes. Well, you did, but you didn't get the, the blend specifically correct. Did I, though? Um, mm, no. How dare you, Swan, not know the exact blend? <laughs> I dread. Watch uh, it be like, interesting. It's like a third blend of <laughs> two-fourths yeah. of this and... <laughs> I will say though, uh, on the I did the math on the proof too, uh, Kurt. You actually got the closest in proof guessing. Nice. Well, um, I was at like a one fifteen or something like that. You you settled on one twelve. On yeah, the first yeah. Week. It actually comes out to one thirteen point two proof. Ah, pretty close then. Yeah. So here is what this is. It is a blend equal parts of E. H. Taylor small batch. The Evan Williams Derby 2019 single barrel, rare breed, and 1792 foolproof. Huh. How was I, I supposed mean, to guess that? Yeah, I know, but I just wanted to see what you guys might be able to pick out from it. Oh. Well, we got the we got the turkey for sure. I feel bamboozled. <laughs> I feel cod swallowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. I, I enjoy it. It's really strange how fruity it is for some of those being what I consider to be kind of darker, heavier, like especially the foolproof. I always get bananas and pain. Like that's basically the notes I get from that. <laughs> and pain. God, that's good. I love that. I love yeah, that. I don't know what what that would come from. What would you think? Out of all those, uh, out of the ones you you said would bring more of the floral, more of the fruity. Honestly, I don't really know either. Maybe, maybe the Evan Williams. Yeah. I think there's a possibility that that could be where it was coming from. I don't, I don't know, though. Taylor Smallbatch is not really ever very fruity to me. No, but it's not ever like a darker that I get either. No, it's it's just very like classic, traditional style bourbon. Yeah, I guess you would call it. Mm-hmm. So, I knew you guys were never gonna really be able to guess it one hundred percent of the way. I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm I'm just happy that I got to have it. Yeah, because but I mean, I did... it's Go really ahead. good. I'm, I'm glad to hear because I just kind of did it on the fly. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> I had I had this idea. Because what we had been talking about before all this kind of hit was, or before we really decided that we were going to do all this in lockdown, was how are we going to do Flying Blind still? And I was like, well, I'll just do a, like a like a blend or something for them. And it basically turned into this. 
But the planning process basically just came down to me going into the studio and picking up the bottles that I saw <laughs> and uh, blending it together. So here it is. And I'm glad you guys like it. I'm, I really am glad that it turned out at least drinkable, but it seems like it was a little bit more than that. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. I, if I had all the stuff to do it again, I'd blend it myself. And I would be interested to try this in different capacities too. Like maybe not use the the Derby Evan Williams, maybe use just like a regular Evan Williams single barrel or the bottled and bond or something like that. So Yeah, interestingly enough, you pick stuff you could get lower proof versions of it. So I wonder if you could make a lower proof version of this. Like with the 1792 small batch, the tailor would have to stay the same. You get turkey. Okay, so unfortunately, Curtis was having some uh, pretty difficult technical problems uh, over on his end, so we unfortunately have to do the rest of the episode without him. But, uh, you know, you still you still got the two of us. Isn't that right, Swanee? That's right. Sweet. <laughs> well, Swan, what have you been drinking recently in uh, quarantine? Recently, I've been having more of a Knob Creek pick, more early times, and uh, surprisingly, a decent amount of larceny. Uh, really? Yeah. No, I've been enjoying larceny quite a bit. I've got a pick and then a regular bottle as well, and they're both good. I do enjoy the pick better. Mm. Who doesn't enjoy and that's a good the pick? Why, is that the Why So Delicious pick? Oh, yeah. Yes. Good stuff. So I've, I've been drinking a whole myriad of different things. Um, we uh, uh, celebrated yesterday, of course, uh, with with some special bottles. Uh, the Turkey Thirteen Year. I pulled out my uh, Michter's Ten Year that you you got for me. Oh yeah, that one's good. Yeah, quite good, man. And uh, I actually I actually bought a, a Knob Creek pick as well last week from uh, Liquor Barn. It's an eleven year old pick called the B Dub Special Number Three. It is okay. very good. But the so I I realized that um I didn't have as much 120 proof bourbon as I was hoping uh, and I was kind of going through some of it uh, in hopes of preventing and killing off any chance of having the coronavirus so <laughs> figured it was a good time to pick up a pick up another bottle um so I I just not a creek picks man yeah, no, I mean, I'm honestly thinking about getting just a regular, like, nine-year-old no-pick just to just to see how that is, because I haven't had that in so long. Um, I'm, I'm considering doing the same. Yeah, and honestly, it's great bourbon, and I feel like if I get a good pick, I won't touch it because I need an occasion, which shouldn't be the, it shouldn't be that way, but for me in my head, I feel like that's how it is. And uh, if I get that nine-year one, it's just like, you know, I'm just drinking tonight, just having some Knob Creek, no big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but another thing <clears throat> that I've been drinking or something else that I did was uh, I had Clifton, listener of the show, friend of the show, on uh, on my Thursday night live stream, and I subsequently was on his right afterwards as well. And we did a bunch of uh, a bunch of home blends. Uh, we we did you know the exact same things through and through really fun uh little episode little live stream so if you guys want to go check that out uh it's over on the youtube page youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast so go and check that out and i don't i think i've mentioned before but 
Uh, I'm doing Thursday night live streams again for Heck the yes. foreseeable future. Um, you know, once once the baby comes along, things will probably change up a little bit, but uh, we'll talk about that closer to time. We don't have to worry about it now. It's future Perry's problem. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, but we had some really cool blends uh, on there. So go check that out. Swan, do we want to do you want to get into the news of the week? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to pour something good. I'm feeling some Elmer <laughs> T. Lee. I'm going to get. Into oh, some man. I did I have uh, Elmer T. Lee at your old place right before you moved? Um, I think so. I've had the same I... bottle for a long time. I've really been nursing it. <laughs> I think I said something to you like, I haven't had this in a while. And you were like, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Anyways, well, the news today I'm yes. excited about. There's a bunch of like really interesting off the beaten path type stuff. Not so much TT mm-hmm. focus this week, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will also join you in pouring something else. I'm just going to go for some Weller Antique from my, my handle. Did you get this handle for me, by the way, Swan? The I th- Maybe. It, it's been we a while. We were talking about... We were talking about it on the stream the other night, and I cannot for the life of me remember where this came from. I know at one point I had three handles of 107. Um, I don't know. One of them I had to unfortunately get rid of. The other two, they have disappeared because they are not here. <laughs> I don't know I, where I must, I must have gotten one from you then. Yeah, maybe. Either so. way, it's that right amount of Weller Antique right there. Yes, yes. I need more. If I can ever do that, who's to say it? But I'm, I might be done buying Weller Antique forever at this point because it's so hard to find, and I just hate that the the price went up so much. Yeah, no, it's difficult. And even when you do find it, you want it to match all the rest of your screw tops that you have, and it's got that giant gold cork, and you're like, ah, oh, this isn't what I remember. <laughs> I want the screw, I want the screw cap. Yeah, unfortunately, and it's so strange that antique got the the cork before weller 12 did yeah that is weird because it's definitely like as far as premium goes i would think the 12 is probably the best out of the lineup as far as premium but nope no not according to buffalo trace (laughs) they are the deciding factor i guess they are uh well let's talk about this first bit of news this is really interesting garrison brothers is offering up a a a bottle to those who donate to the Good Bourbon for Good Cause uh, partnership with Team Rubicon. Uh, they're working to uh, help out with areas that have been heavily affected by COVID nineteen. Um, so the, I I might have said this. They're releasing two thousand bottles to these people who donate uh, to this cause, and you have to. This is crazy. Um, it's for people who contribute a thousand dollars or more. That's nuts. that's a that's a lot for a, a Texas bourbon, and I mean, I, I, not not to say that Texas bourbon is bad, but shoot, man, it's it's eight years old. <laughs> yeah, no, a thousand dollar bottle of bourbon needs to be uh, a little more. I don't know. Not Texas, not eight years old. <laughs> but I mean, um, it's going to a good cause, so it's hard to get mad. And the packaging is uh, wild. oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, 
I think it's really pretty. Uh, it's called the Laguna Madre. It's 101 proof, and it's got white wax on it, which is kind of a cool look. Uh, but it was aged, uh, of course, in oak barrels for four years, and then interestingly enough, it was aged for four more years in French oak barrels. Uh, hmm. It says it gives it uh, distinct flavors of vanilla, sweet candy, cacao, and thick white chocolate that an experienced bourbon drinker won't ever forget. So there's there's more to it, um, by the way. Uh, and, and this is also coming from a Forbes.com article. Uh, it says the first 2,004 people to contribute $1,000 uh, or more to Team Rubicon will receive a bottle of Laguna Madre. Uh, donating $100 uh, will give you the opportunity to have anything from the distillery's gift shop. And a donation of $500 or more gets you a reserved bottle of boot flask and one bottle of honeydew. I'm assuming those are both releases from <laughs> from, from Garrison Bros. I'm, I'm going to um, guess, yeah. But I, uh, this is interesting. I think that this, it, it's, I, I'm kind of of two minds about this. Uh, the first off is great. Can Thank you, Garrison Brothers, for offering something up like this uh, to people who, you know, maybe not wouldn't ha- would have gone, oh, I don't think I'm going to donate. But, you know, there is now this opportunity for somebody if you're, you know, looking to, to find something in response to, um, you know, donating to relief to aid for relief and aid uh, for people. Um, you know, this is a good opportunity to do that, but this is a lot of, it's a lot of money for a bottle. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I mean, I'm glad that they're doing something. It's just, that's a steep price, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. I want to know what honeydew and boot flask are. <laughs> I mean, let's just let's take a quick uh, take a quick look at the old Googles there. Uh, honeydew. Okay, so from the Garrison Brothers website, it says our newest handcrafted experimental features Burleson's Texas wildflower honey. Hmm. So it's it's bourbon infused with local honey. And it's 80 proof. Interesting. Is that the highest proof bourbon, <laughs> honey bourbon that we've ever seen? No, the Bell Mead. But that's oh, that's in true. Honey barrels, right? That is true. Yeah, that, is that true. one's up there. And then after that, it dips to down it down to like 70. And the the boot flask is basically just a 375 of their small batch bourbon. Uh, it's 94 proof. That's I think that's about it. It's about Nothing it. terribly special. But. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. I that's... need to I need to find out if they've got something approachable in price for Garrison Brothers because a lot of their stuff is pretty pricey and the proof never gets super wild unless you pay a good amount. Because like even this one that they're doing for you know a thousand, it's one hundred and one proof. So do do you think that we'll start seeing maybe not more distilleries, but we'll start seeing. Uh, more people offering up an opportunity like this to for those who donate to COVID relief. Yeah, I think so. I think honestly, we've got a few things that there are people will start donating for because I've seen more charitable causes attached to bourbon pop up in the last like four months than I think I've ever had. I mean, it's just, I mean, we've got all those people making hand sanitizer right now and shifting away from. Um, you know, the tour lifestyle and constantly having people boasting about their brand to just handing out hand sanitizer. 
Um, like Heaven Hill the other day actually came to a lot of the Kroger employees in the Louisville area and handed out hand sanitizer for free. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, great. Uh, and that's just like the kind of outreach that, you know, it, it's just wild to see because these are brands that don't just appeal to Kentucky and the people around them, but like nationwide. And for them yeah. to care about what's going on in their backyard and making that shift, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I think that that's just kind of, you know, the the trend that we're going to see for a while is, you know, distilleries helping out communities in the best way that they can. And, you know, I'm all for it. Good on them. Uh, it, and it, I want to, I want to talk to you about this too. This is kind of a side topic, but I think it's something that begs to be at least addressed uh, right now. Not only are distilleries not producing their normal products right now, but we are kind of at a point where there's a chance that we won't see these yearly releases come out when they're supposed to. I mean, we and, and I'm talking like Booker's, Elijah Craig, Barrel Proof, um, even all the way maybe down to, you know, the Antique Collection uh, come the fall or any of these, you know, yearly limited releases that we get. And the reason that I kind of feel this way is because, and, and I'll use a very specific example, even though there there are some caveats with it. Booker's 30th changed just like a couple months before it actually went to to customers, right? Yeah. It went from a and 16 I, year to a blend, right? Right. Well, it was still a blend, but it had a 16 year in it, didn't it? And they took it out. Am I, I am I wrong on that? I thought it went from like a full 16 year to like a 9 mixed with a 16. Maybe that, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but but my my point with that is that these distilleries aren't necessarily starting out January 1st and picking out each of the blends that are going to be coming out, each of the releases that are going to be coming out for the entire year. So, I mean, we could have they could have been waiting until you know, this month to have done the the B519 of Elijah Craig Barrel Proof and Larceny Barrel Proof. I uh, the Jim Beam could have been waiting until, you know, two months before the next Booker's came out to finalize the blend. I mean, there's so much that goes into it that kind of leads me to believe that we're not going to see distilleries putting out their yearly releases on time this year. What do you think about that? Do it. Am I, am I off or what do you, what do you think? I think some of them are going to have time to get that like November date, probably settled in and released their product. But the ones that are honestly scaring me more is people who haven't talked about products that they're releasing in quite a while. So look at like Elijah Craig Rye. When are they supposed to be expanding distribution? I've not heard anything. Look at Wild Turkey Rare Breed Rye. I've not heard anything this year. And this was supposed to come out early this year. It's all been pushed. I mean, I've not heard anything more about their Master's Keep Bottle and a Bond, the 17-year they're putting out. There's just all these releases that last year they said, hey, these are you know coming your way, or they hit TTB, and then this year it's just nothing. It's very yeah. strange. And I get, like, 
So when a limited release comes out, like when you have the Four Roses uh, limited edition or you have the BTAC releases, there is no doubt in their mind that if they make 10,560 bottles, that all 10,560 are going to sell. You know, I mean, that's never that's never really a big question for them because they, they know that's going to sell. Um, and with, you know, a new release like Rare Breed Rye, you know, they might be waiting until the market's, you know, going again before they decide, okay, well, we'll dump this into the distributor's, you know, lap now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that we're going to see, you know, a shortage of, like, Jim Beam White Label. I mean, that's still going to exist. We're still going to see the standard offerings, I imagine. But it just, it it was something that hit me the other day where I was like, oh, we might not get B519 for a while. Yeah. And I got sad for a second, but <laughs> anyway. Because now, now it's that, that was both just... B519s. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... We'll see, I guess. I don't know. This next uh, this next bit of news, this is really cool. And actually, I, I have a little bit of a, a not, I mean, not super in-depth, but um, kind of a personal side to, to this as well. So this comes from uh, Fortune.com. And unfortunately, about, <laughs> about two, two-fifths of this article is behind a paywall. But... <laughs> <laughs> I the the gist of it, and it's something that you know I, I wanted to talk about on the show a while ago, and just haven't had the chance to yet. Um, Two Worlds Whiskey is a a brand of bourbon that is being released in France. This is the first bourbon, or, or really American whiskey, that is being released just for the French market. And the, the woman who is behind it, Ashley Donahue, I actually got to meet her uh, and hang out with her just a little bit. I'm not going to say that, you know, we, we had in-depth conversations or anything, but um, she, she talked with Will and the Grease at Whiskey Weekend and um, talked about her, her new bourbon that was going to be coming out. And she is so excited and passionate about this product. And I, I want to try it so badly. Dixon Deadman tried it and he thought it was really good. Like I th- to have that seal of approval is something really special. Yeah, is it going to be available here at all or is the goal to export all of it? You can order it online to have it shipped to the US. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I like the uh I like the labeling for it. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's, I don't know, it's interesting because we have so much that gets exported already, but it's just not specifically for the French market. Mm-hmm. Like they've, they've got, the one that I was the most jealous of recently, and I know you saw it too, was that uh, father and son collaboration, the 13 year that was in the rare breed bottle from Wild Turkey. Right. That one. Yeah. We just, mm-hmm. we just don't get it here. No. I don't know. No, and and then there's like the um, there's a a master's keep that you can't even get in the U.S. You can only get it in Australia. The yeah. Wild Turkey 1894. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that, and this is the, it's just strange to me. Typically, 
whiskey that we know without the E is like 90 proof. Most of it doesn't get super cast strength. And Mm -hmm. they're putting out this one and it looks like it's 54.7. So that's a 109.4 proof. Yeah. So it's, it's up there. It's pretty awesome. Um, so I don't know that could be potentially kind of a harsh introduction, but I have to imagine they're already drinking bourbon or there wouldn't be a market for them to make this. (laughs) It's just not, you know, any bourbon that's specifically targeted towards them. Right. Right. But no, that's, that's interesting. I I do. I do want to try it. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and if, if we can get it for the show, we'll definitely do so. We'll, we'll have to try to get Ashley on the show too. She actually lives over in France. Uh, she's from Louisville, but she lives over there right now. And, you know, maybe while she's in quarantine, she'd like to Skype into the show and we chat with her about, uh, about this product. So who's to say anything can happen at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Swan, you brought this next bit of news to my attention, actually. Yeah. So we, we, I think it was last year we went to Bourbon and Beyond, and uh, one of the booths there was, uh, and forgive me if I pronounce this incorrectly, Broth Brothers Whiskey. Um, and did you say Bourbon and Beyond? No, yeah, I did. Bourbon on the Banks. My bad. <laughs> I just wanted, I wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. I got worried for a second. Yeah, no, we're on the same page. I'm just just catching up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Well, recently it went from just that booth that I saw at at that event to now they're getting some pretty uh, wide distribution. And, you know, it's their first that they've put out, um, but it's also, um, it seems like they've got a decent head on their shoulders after talking to the guy that was there. Uh, it's based out of Louisville, um, and it's three brothers and say uh, black owned distillery, uh, which apparently is very unique. I don't think we have another one of those in Kentucky and for it to be coming out of the West end of Louisville um, is, is nice. I, I like seeing more come out of the West end of Louisville. Cause there's a lot of people that try to avoid parts of it down there, but like Michter's is right in the middle of Shively and it's um, you know, they're keeping it true to their, their nature, whether or not you want to be down there or not. Um, so I, I appreciate that they're, they're keeping it so close to home and really making a product they're proud of to be that being said, I've not had it. So I don't know if it's any good. I do want to try it. Um, the price point I think is around 50 ish. Um, uh, it is actually around, uh, $30, 30. Then I might be getting mm-hmm. the bottle. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. And we, we tried to get him on, but, uh, he was busy. He was getting questions like crazy because people wanted he, to try his stuff. He was slammed with business well yeah. you know people coming over to his booth to to meet him and and, and talk about it and everything um th- there is actually an, another african-american owned distillery in kentucky and it's the uh the fresh bourbon distillery uh which is i guess they're they're starting up still but they're going to be in lexington yeah so there there's there's a couple uh but this is really cool to see i think that they're they're doing something really fascinating um and and i'm interested in trying it too yeah we didn't get the chance to to have it when we were in um when we were at bourbon on the banks uh but you can you can follow them on twitter uh, it's spelled b-r-o-u-g-h brothers 
So you can understand. We're not sure if it's the the bro, like pronounced like though or or broth or whatever it is. But um, yeah, go check out that guy. Th- those guys. We uh, did. You know, we did get to chat with him for a minute. Um, and he seemed really excited about his brand and really excited about the product that they were going to be putting out. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to at least trying it and seeing where they go in the future. Yeah. And then going back to some more standard releases, we got the, uh, old charter Oak is coming out with another one, which I'm doing the first part because I want Perry to pronounce what it's aged in. Cause I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but, i was wondering i was like wow swan's really taking the, the reins here this is awesome <laughs> nope drop him I, right I, now there you go <laughs> i think it's pronounced chinkapin c-h-i-n-k-a-p-i-n oak sure um so yeah we'll we'll, we'll go with that uh there's a whole <laughs> I, they they put out a press release about it this week. Uh, I'm reading the abbreviated uh, information from uh, at the Bourbon News on on Twitter. Um, it said these large trees are often found in parks and on large estates. Uh, for this release, the small number of barrels with staves air dried for 24 months uh, before being made into barrels. Um, they used a number. Forge? No, they used a, a like a th- number three char on it. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. Uh, mash bill number one aged for nine years and bottled at 94, uh, 93 proof, rather. And this is the fourth release in the old Charter Oak collection. The suggested retail price is 70 bucks. Ha! You know, <laughs> it was just April Fool's, so I'll give it to him. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be $70. <laughs> It's going to be $70 for a two ounce pour, but it's not, it's not going to be $70. Well, uh, and it's not like it also Trace is to do anything about it. Yeah, true. Um, but it also says that it's supposed to be available in limited quantities this month. I'm not so sure if that's going to happen. <laughs> but it, it's I'm excited to, you know, potentially try it. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I oh, want to try it. The only I one tried I got the, to try was the Mongolian oak. See, I tried the French oak and thought it was quite good. Yeah. I mean, the one that I've tried, great. Was it worth the like 220 price tag that I saw it at the one time I did actually see it? Absolutely not. Sure. Sure. Um, but hey, uh, if you've started this collection, more power to you. Get out there and get you a bottle. <laughs> so, um, this is this is something we don't normally talk about uh, on the show, but I think that it needs to be talked about because thing the 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 TTB is shaking up a little bit some of the ways that they um, are de- defining whiskey or or at least defining American bourbon. And it's a lot, and we're not going to touch on everything, but it has it has gone through that they are going to uh, they have they have proposed new regulations modernizing uh, alcohol and um, the the tobacco tax and trade bureau. I don't think we've ever really talked about what TTB stands for. Um, 
but the full the full name is the Treasury Department's Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. So that's where the TTB comes from. Anyway, um, I and I'm I'm pulling a lot of this information from uh, Scoo's recent eats on Twitter. I uh, you can find him at Scoo's recent eats. S K U S. I he said the top line is they did very little. Um, the proposed regulations published in 2018 included a lot requiring uh, states of distillation for whiskey, defining cast strength in white whiskey, making clear that no additives can be in bourbon. None of that's in the final. That is wild to me. Um, I, I don't understand why we have this kind of nationally, internationally understood definition of what bourbon is, but the TTB hasn't actually gone through and legally defined it on their end. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah. Um, they they did reject a, a number of proposals that were controversial, including that, quote, oak barrel uh, be defined as a 50-gallon barrel and that secondary barrels can't be counted in age statements. Uh, so we were talking earlier about that, um, that Garrison Brothers release, um, that was age stated at eight years, but it spent four of those years in a French oak barrel. So it, on, if they had passed that, it would have only been able to have been called um, a four-year-old bourbon. Uh, Skew also says, and unfortunately they made the issue of straight whiskey more vague. Under current regulations, straight whiskey must be labeled as such. Under the new regulations, it's optional to list a whiskey as straight, even if it qualifies. Yeah. That is mind-boggling to me. Well, I mean, just to show you how broken this system is that they need to fix, I just sent you a link here. There's one bourbon I saw on the shelf a a while back, and uh, the name of it is Pritchard's Double Chocolate Bourbon Whiskey. So look at that label. It's very very hard to read. Yeah, but let's... (laughs) First and foremost. So break this down. It's Pritchard's Double Chocolate Bourbon Whiskey. Bourbon Whiskey with natural flavors added. So they're able to call it Bourbon Whiskey and then put a clarifier on it after, but no one's freaking out about it. I mean, it's... I I haven't heard anything about this. This is the first time I've ever seen this label. Yeah, but I mean, is that not strange to you? No, it absolutely is. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, that's just odd to me. Are they like grandfathered in? I don't. I I honestly don't know. I don't know anything about this this company, this product, nothing. Um, do Do you know anything about it, Swan? Other than just walking by the label and going, "Oh, this is not right." Someone take this off the <laughs> shelf. Get this fixed. And we've also got another release that's actually out from the TTB this week that we can tear into here in a few minutes. That's got more issues. Yeah, yeah, we we'll, we will talk about that in a, in just a minute. But um, I I think honestly, it's kind of a shame that the the TTB, which people have really relied on, uh, just for you know clarification in the past. That no, it, it just it was just very much the opposite of progress. It's very strange. It's very very strange. Yeah. But it does seem like there were other spirits that were given uh, a little bit more clarification. Um, vodka even got a new definition. Uh, it says that 
Uh, it must be without distinctive character, aroma, taste, or color. Uh, now it's just a neutral spirit that may include sugar or citric acid and can't be aged in wood. So, hooray for vodka, I guess. But proud of them. Weird, weird, weird day for for bourbon in that regard. Speaking of bourbon uh, and and whiskey in general, there are some TTB labels that did make it through this week. The first one is not necessarily a new product, but it is a new release, I guess, or a new way of releasing this one. And interestingly enough, it's the Maker's Mark 101, which previously was only available in duty-free shops at airports, and then subsequently was also available at the distillery. And so I guess people were not happy about how limited it was and makers mark responded with a limited release of it and it says as such on the front of the bottle um and it seems to retain most of the uh most of the packaging that it it did beforehand but the the back of the bottle now says while not everyone can visit our distillery in laredo kentucky we've bottled this 101 proof limited release so you too can experience the bolder side of our refined weeded bourbon as we have shared it with special guests at our distillery for generations what what do you think about this one i am not a fan of it to be honest not a fan really yeah so this just feels weird to me this feels like you're repackaging a release you were already going to put out because i i did did you feel like they weren't going to put out another run of it later this year um i mean i got the gist of it they've been putting out all sorts of different stuff i mean last year they put out that sampler pack of three they've been getting little more bold with what they're willing to expand in the maker's line over the past like two or three years i don't i don't know man i don't think that this was i think that at at some point they probably said hey you know we want to put this out for a wider audience but i don't i don't honestly have that much of a problem with it i think it's kind of exciting because i i do like the 101 quite a bit i think it's really good so i think it's it's cool that it's being released to more people at this point. I don't think it's as much of a cop out as you kind of seem like you do. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that it shouldn't be a limited release. It seems weird to, you know, like go back on somebody saying, Hey, I wish this wasn't so limited. And then you putting limited release on the bottle (laughs) and then also putting a small blurb on the back that basically says, yeah, we know it was super limited, but we're going to limit it again. I mean, that's just, that just seems that's, a little strange. I, that That is totally valid. And I think that, um, you know, with, with that in mind, there are other products that potentially they could have put out as a limited release instead of this 101 proof again. But at the same time, I, I'm, I would like to own a bottle of it myself. I don't currently, but I have had it on a few occasions. And, you know, if this means that I don't have to drive an hour and a half basically out into the middle of nowhere to visit the distillery, and I could potentially drive 10 minutes to my liquor store to buy it instead, I'm I'm in favor of that, personally. True, but also think about what's going on right now. Let's This would have been perfect to have Kurt here, but Keeneland's closed, right? Who's buying all of the Keeneland... 
uh, product that they would have been selling through like crazy right now these past two weeks. Why couldn't they have done like a specialty like this is our Keeneland blend release and pushed it out to stores like this or something like that, you know, because all of their clients that they do those limited releases specifically for them, you know, those can get pushed out to stores. We've seen it because Keeneland's done the Keeneland mercantile uh, push out before. Why not offer that to everybody? Like the one one's been done. I feel like honestly, it should just be on the regular shelf. Maybe it'll cost a little more, but I, I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Yeah. I feel like it would have been a and, great opportunity to use up some products that would have gone to some of your uh, bigger, <laughs> you know, relationships you have in business. Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I, again, I'm excited for it. I, I know that, you know, Makers is going to have another limited release at some point this year. Yeah. But it it's... I don't know. I'd like to hear what other people think. Send us a send us a tweet at my bourbon pod or send us an email. This is my bourbon shop at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think about this. I'm I'm interested to hear what some uh, some of the public are are thinking about it. This next one is the uh, what is going to be one of the forthcoming single cask nation releases. Uh, which if you don't know anything about them, you can look them up. Uh, I'll throw a, a link in the description below to their website so you can find out more about them. Uh, this is a straight rye whiskey from Single Cast Nation, Cask Nation, excuse me, that was sourced from Whistlepig. It's a 12-year-old uh, bottle of, of rye. It says it's 61.3 proof, so what is that, 122.6? Um, I... It, I think this is cool. They always do really limited um, releases for yeah. the for the single cask nation. Four hundred fifty bottles. Yeah, distilled December two thousand five, bottled March twenty twenty. My favorite part of this label, though, is where it says it was distilled. <laughs> it says distilled at a distillery in Indiana. Hmm, Swan, <laughs> I wonder what distillery that could be. <laughs> Probably Buffalo Trace. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, at this point, just put from MGP. You know, it's it's perfectly fine because Whistlepig takes it out there and makes very, very special product with the stuff they receive. Yeah, there should be no yeah. shame in that. No, no, and 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 Whistlepig is well well regarded, and I think that honestly MGP is at this point too. I don't think that MGP uh, is shunned as much as people would like to assume that it is. I think that it, you know, they put out good product. They do, and honestly, I kind of think it's kind of it's it's amazing the way that they do all of the stuff that they do. Like they supply all these barrels and then they still put out their own products. And to be honest, they're giving the good product not to themselves half the time. Like the Remus line and the uh Rossville Union Rye, I've had them. They're decent. Mm-hmm. You can tell someone's definitely got a very specific palate and they look for the things that they do in that bourbon because it's very consistent. But it's not for me. And then I go and get something from Whistlepig, and I'm like, this is the same distillery? What is going on? <laughs> like, they don't always save the best stuff for themselves, and that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I I, I would like to try this one again. It's so hard to get a bottle of anything from, from Single Cask Nation. Um, not only are they super limited, but it's also fairly expensive, and you have to be a part of a lottery 
too, basically to to get in on it. So I don't know, man. It's worth it. I think it's worth it. Sure. And and they've they've done like turkey products in the past too. Oh yeah. Like a like a, a barrel proof turkey product. Uh, that would be amazing. Oh, I feel like I, I tried it at uh, Rarebird 101's meetup last year, and it was phenomenal. I bet it, was it was absolutely spectacular. So it's not like they're putting out bad stuff by any means. It's just hard to get to. No, I mean it's just like an amazing single barrel, you know. But it's it's definitely more than a single barrel. It looks like it's it's probably about four or five. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, still, you know, that's just nuts and i love how in-depth they've gone on the label here with like kind of pinpointing you know floral sweet rich nutty spicy earthy smoky and oaky they've given it like a little chart to show which way you know where it leans on the flavor profile stuff and 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 i'm sure that there are other other releases that they've done that with before uh which kind of to me indicates that it might be you know, geared towards the people who, you know, they're like, oh, maybe I'll pass out on this one or pass, pass out. I'm going to fall asleep right on this bottle. Um, <sighs> but maybe, maybe it's a product that, you know, they don't like the smokiness of it or they don't like how spicy it is. So they're like, well, I'll, I'll wait for the next one. So I think that, you know, if there's somebody who isn't a, a completionist or doesn't suffer from FOMO, it would be a good way for them to, you know, kind of pick and choose what they want to go through. And buy. Yeah, but this last one, Perry, we got another this last one. one is this is a train wreck of a label, dude. <laughs> so you want to talk about you want to talk about TTB not making it clear to our consumers when we're talking about <laughs> bourbon whiskey and rye whiskey. This one is ten cups straight rye mountain whiskey or straight mountain rye whiskey. <sighs> I don't know uh, what's going on with this sigh. thing, man. That's just the neck tag. <laughs> That's just the neck tag. And then the thing with the actual UPC on it, the little scan bar. I'm going to read this verbatim because I think it's important you understand all of the, all of the issues. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Tin Cup Whiskey is a blend of two great American whiskeys, each aged in number three charred oaked barrels. High rye bourbon, distilled and aged in Indiana, is blended with a small amount of Colorado single malt whiskey. These whiskeys, <laughs> <laughs> these whiskeys are then cut with Rocky Mountain water. Tin cup is named for Colorado's mining pioneers and the tin cups that they drank their whiskey, or which they drank their whiskey. Enjoy. Okay, first off. <laughs> It's hard for me to hear straight rye whiskey and then you talk about a single malt. That's that's just this was a horrible oversight. I think somebody just really screwed the pooch on this one, to be honest. Yeah, so you have high rye bourbon, which is not a rye, and then you have <laughs> then then you have oh man, I can't, I just can't believe this made it through single malt whiskey. And you've blended the two. So at no point are you raising the rye content on this, and then you slap a you slap a straight, straight rye, rye whiskey, whiskey on there. Well, I, honestly, I think that somebody must have gotten confused. I, I don't think it was tin cup. I think it must have been the TTB. Um, My favorite part is the, I'm not done. I just found something else. 
Yeah, I, I think you're probably talking about what I was about to talk about, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, the alcohol by volume. Uh, <laughs> up at the top is 45% on the neck tag, and then on the back of the label, it's 42%. Did someone sit on their keyboard? What is going on right now? <laughs> they told a four-year-old to do math. <laughs> yeah. And this whole cut with Rocky Mountain water thing, great. Proud of you. Like, I... <laughs> Is there bits of gold in it? Is it Goldschlager, <laughs> the bourbon whiskey? Honestly, like this, this is more just um, bringing it up because nothing's perfect in this world at this point, and it's it's really kind of funny to me that this actually got through to the website. But I, oh, I do, Barry. I do like this kind of kind of roll of the dice <laughs> approach to this product. Like we don't know what we're going to get. Maybe Perry. we'll actually get a rye. Maybe we'll get a, a grain neutral spirit. <laughs> it gets, it gets better. Are you ready for this? Go for well, it. So look at section eight of the TTB name and address of applicant as shown on plant registry, basic permit, brewers notice all that. Look at where it's coming from. Look who's where oh it's submitted God. from. <laughs> Lawrenceburg, Indiana. <laughs> what are you shipping Rocky Mountain water all the way across the United States just to bottle it's, this stuff? It, it's another MGB. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Oh, thanks for God. pulling that nugget out there, Swan. Yeah, it's just oh. this is just bad. This oh is bad. Gosh. And you know, I've had I've had Tin Cup, the original. It is a great whiskey to shoot. It is, I mean, that, <laughs> that is what it is. They give you a shot glass with the bourbon because you literally screw off the little top part of it and it's just a shot glass. So they they know their target market with this stuff. It's not like someone sitting there and really, really enjoying it. Um, I just, Somebody I, don't I know really likes Tin Cup. Well, they have Who a 10 year. Did you know that? They have a 10-year uh-uh. 10 cup, and I've heard it's atrocious. That's hard to say. <laughs> and then the uh, the apparently the regular 10 cup, people actually enjoy it. It's got like a slight maple syrupy thing going on with it. Sure. Which is strange, but I mean, I could see people enjoying that. And then this, this is just an abomination. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm not thinking of 10 cup. I'm thinking of strain of hands. Strain of hands, there's some people that really do enjoy it. And I, I love yeah. their model where they have people come in and bottle for them. And then they write on the side uh, just little quotes or funny things. And then you pick up a bottle and like one will say, go bears. And the next one will be like, my wife's cheating on me. And then the next one will be <laughs> <laughs> just random stuff. And it's just they all wrote it on the side of the bottle. <laughs> that That's amazing. Now I really want to do that. Yeah, and you just go we'll get, in we'll and you Chad volunteer and to, to do it. And it says, "We we'll get Chad and Sarah to do it." And it says, "Drink more bourbon." Yeah, drink more bourbon, not this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's an American single malt for most of them. Yeah, yeah, I think it is too. Uh, or an American whiskey, uh, but still, that's just this is this is bad. This is so bad. As soon as I find it, I'm going to actually double check to make sure that this is not false because this just feels (laughs) this just feels wrong this just feels bad i it makes me like kind of want to tweet at them 
and ask them what's going on here. <laughs> I just want to tweet them and then just put W U T. What? <laughs> like I just don't. I don't get it. <laughs> hey guys, what happened here? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really kind of all the news that we have for this week. Um, we spent a lot more time talking about it than I, I thought we were going to, but uh, we we are also going to continue our little streak of blind reviews uh, for Curtis and Swan, and one of them is not here. So, just Swan this week, I guess. <laughs> Would you like me to do a different sample, knowing that he's not here? Uh, hmm. No, we can stick with this one. All right, we're doing E this week. We are indeed. Let me let me get my bottle out. Let me just rinse out my Glencairn here with some more whiskey, and then. Uh... <laughs> Is that how that works, Swan? Oh, it, it does when uh, no one's looking at me, and I'm in my house by myself. <laughs> Is there no regulation in your house for cleanliness? There's no regulation of the TTB. We just went over this. Did you see that? <laughs> oh, this bottle's getting low for me. I might finish it up tonight. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Yes? This is... This is just like... Okay, I, I know exactly what this is reminding me of. Have you had the popcorn that they drizzle the chocolate over top of it? Yes. That. That right there. Because oh. it's not it's like, super like movie, you know, butter popcorn. Uh-uh. No. But there is a, there's a very distinct uh, coffee note in there, too, I would say. Yeah. It's like uh, creme brulee, almost. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is a great nose, man. This is really good. There is a slight corniness to it. I think that's the popcorn thing that I was kind of talking about. But it's not It's not like young corny. It's not like that kind of green note you get on some younger stuff. Sure, sure. I, I will say, if I had to give anything about this nose that I don't like, um, it really kind of leans just in those darker flavors. You know, there's not a like a, a lighter, say like vanilla or or baking spices uh flavor that comes through. It's just like a big just a big ball of dark notes. Yeah. Mm. The palette kind of fell apart for me. It's starting to remind me more and more of the Dickel bottle of bond. Really? Yeah. I don't know. It... I don't know about that, man. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. That's I think fine. that and and I I can confirm this is not that. <laughs> we didn't we didn't double up on on reviewing that. Um I I think that it's like I think it's savory but with like a heavy caramel note to it. See, I'm getting just 
it's just kind of young. I don't know. Like on the on the palate, it's feeling a little more young as opposed to the nose. I don't. Have you sipped any it, water though. recently, Swan? Yeah, I just did. Okay. Wanted to make sure that your palate was fresh enough to try this. I just kind of chewed on it too. It does get better, I will say, because it's not super high proof. I can tell that. It's definitely, it's definitely not eighty, but I don't know. I'm liking this more and more the longer I sip on it, but I still retain mm-hmm. that it's got some like dickle quality to it. That's just strange. Like it feels like it's missing to me, like kind of that heavy cherry or citrus or really just aged note. But at the same time, yeah, it's also true. kind of reminding me of like something that's some of those like ultra aged which uh, whiskeys where it's like this has been in Witchies. Texas. Yeah, it's like the Texas whiskeys where they kind of age super quickly. And even though it's a two year, it's like stag junior level dark. Yeah, I'm kind of getting some of that on there. You know, (laughs) I'm going between like Iron Root, the Harbinger and Dickel. That's it's like in between there for me. I like the nose a lot better. I'll give it that. Well, we uh, we use a review system on the show of nose, palate, finish, and price. Each category is out of five, and we total everything up for a score out of 20. Um, Swan, what would you give the nose on this one? The nose I'm going to give... I'm going to give it a three and a half. I gave it the same. Look at, look at us. I think this is easily the strongest point of this bourbon. Mm-hmm. The vanilla, like coffee, kind of like... Not super movie popcorn, but just like that faint popcorn. It, it's all there. I mean, it's yeah, it's good. It really takes you all the way around. And kind of what I talked about last week, where it was too much of one thing over and over again. This has definitely got some separation in that, and I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I totally agree with you. Um, I'll go back to what I said <clears throat> was kind of my downfall that there wasn't a lighter note that I kind of wanted to to be in there on the nose. So that's what bumped it down to a 3.5 for me. I, I wanted to kind of lean into the four area, um, but it just wasn't, wasn't quite doing it a hundred percent of the way on the nose. I gave the price or the, the price, the palette a three. See, I gave it a 2.5. Well, I gave, I gave the finish a 2.5 <laughs> and I gave it a two. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't like the finish that much. I, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't think that there's much there, honestly. See, for me, it kind of like fades off into like red hots. Hmm. It's, it's weird. I get like almost like a. Have you ever had too much cinnamon in something, and it stops mm. tasting like cinnamon, and it just tastes like that weird like bitterness? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I get that. Uh, so, so far I've got a three and a half, a two and a half and a two. So it's not doing super well. Um, yeah. And I, I have a three and a half, a three and a two and a half. So all in, I'm at a nine right now. And, and so you're at an eight, I think. Yeah. So what's the price so you, on this one? 
this price is re- retail is about forty five dollars. Yikes! <sighs> Are you ready to find out what this is? Yeah, hit or me with you, it. Do, this is Woodford Double Oaked. Okay. So you kind of it, it's interesting because it was like you had all of the pieces that kind of made up what it was essentially. You were talking about like the the heavier oak uh, that you would get in like a Texas whiskey, mm-hmm. you know, the, from like because this is a double oak bourbon. Of course, it's going to have more prominent oak flavors to it. And then you also said Dickel. Um, which oh I'm just now realizing that's not I was thinking of uh, Jack Daniels actually which is a Brown Foreman distillery uh, Dickel is not um, so in in my head you were close but not quite there um, but anyway it, it is really interesting to me that you went for a, like a Dickel product it's in, just in strange this one. to me I don't. I, I've never been a big fan of Woodford Double Oak, to be honest. You know what it gets used for, for me, is I make bourbon balls with it. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. And they're it, always really good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, is like the flavors you want to impart in a bourbon ball, where it's like decent high proof, because it's like 94-ish. I like to use anywhere between 90 to 100 for bourbon balls. And Honestly, just having it not be that weird like alcohol burn, but you just want so much like oak to impart into the chocolate because that's, I mean, and sugar, really. That's all it is in a bourbon ball. So that's what I use it for. And this has definitely got an oak like. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. It's not subtle in that regard at all. Uh, (laughs) But it's just never my favorite. But I'm also not a big Woodford fan. Um, sure. If you know this, this is the the Woodford product that um, I typically would say I like the best out of the lineup, um, aside from like maybe the batch proof. But if 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 I had to, you know, maybe recommend something that's way more readily available, um, I would definitely go with the Woodford Double Oaked uh, for people. Now that being said, my final score was an eleven point five out of out of twenty. Which is not the best score in the world. I give the price a two point five. Yeah, that's where I'm at with that as well. Um, I don't know. I think it definitely has its its place because I think Woodford is a huge stepping stone for most bourbon drinkers, and I I like the idea of you being able to take Woodford's lineup, which is now a wheat whiskey, a malt whiskey, a rye, the regular, the double oaked, and basically trying how you know each one and figuring out what grain and parts what flavor i i enjoy that i like that aspect but you can also do it with jim beam you know i mean it's they're not they're not so original in that aspect because the jim beam's got a double oaked that i much prefer <coughs> i'd like to do a, a a blind flight of double oaked products i was i was thinking about that as you were saying that you like the the jim beam double oaked better I haven't had it in a while, but I think I like it better too. Yeah, I'd like to do. What's a third double oaked? Because we got Woodford, Jim Beam. I, I can't. I can't think of one either. Uh, if if listeners, uh, you the listener could send us one. What was it? Nineteen fifteen or nineteen ten or whatever it is. The uh, old old Forester. Oh, 
yeah, that's right. I once double oaked. Yeah. We, so we'd have two Brown Foreman products and a Jim Beam product. That's not fair. <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, we'd we'd have to we'd have to find something else. But uh, listeners, if you can think of one, uh, send it in, and we could include that in our upcoming double oaked blind flight eventually. Whenever we can all be in the same room together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we all drink over 120 proof, we'll be fine. So we'll just we'll just get hammered and hang out in your nursery. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine that my wife will frown upon that. Nah. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, you're right on that one. <laughs> um, we'll all just sit around in the guest room now. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, so I I enjoy this for what it is, you know. Yeah, it's not, absolutely. It's not bad. Um, I do like some of the picks of it, though. I was a mm-hmm. little jealous that Monica got to do a pick, and oh my gosh, that that bottle was so good! I got a sample of it from her, and it was fantastic. Yeah, which um, you know, I, I noticed they've started to change the wording on that. Going back to TTB labels, they're starting to call a lot of these barrel selections because I think some of them might be a little pre blended before you get to try them. Instead of single barrels, have you noticed that on some of them? I have, I have not actually. No. Yeah. So if you look at like the um, the Woodford Double Oak in particular, they start calling them barrel selections instead of single barrels. So I'm wondering if they're blending stuff before they send you the like three or four sample bottles you get, so that you get higher yield. I don't know. If someone wants to send me three <laughs> barrels of of Woodford Double Oak, even though I didn't give it a rave review, I'll you know I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Swan wouldn't be upset about it. No, I'm I'm gonna make it through quarantine somehow. (laughs) In two sips of 94 proof bourbon, that's like 188. So I'm doing great. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's how it works, bud. We're just gonna we're gonna leave you with that that thing. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our review for this week. We are uh, reviving not an old segment, but one that uh, we haven't had in a few weeks. It's Barrel Rings. Uh, You can leave us a voicemail at uh, 859-428-8253, and we will respond to it on air. Um, I am not sure who sent this one through, so we're going to kind of listen to this together, but uh, here we go. Well, howdy there. Gentlemen, this is Tim Bourbons. I uh, I don't honestly know what what whiskey you all are reviewing this week, and uh, couldn't really be bothered to find out. But to be honest with you, gentlemen, it really doesn't matter because uh, I just have one question, one question only. You all ever had in a Norland? Very valid question. And, uh, wonder if you all could explore that and uh, get back to me when you can again my question is if uh, you ever had it in New Orleans so uh, alright well I better, uh, better jump off here I'll, I'll talk to y'all later Golly. Who is that weird person? (laughs) It was Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) 
so to be quite honest with you, um, Tim Bourbons, I I have not had this in a Norland before. Swan, have you? We could change that right now if you want to, but you know, <laughs> all my Norlands are downstairs. That gummit. Yeah, no, we're. I think it's fine. I don't know if we need to. Uh, that was Tim, a, that was a lot of heavy breathing. Tim Bourbons. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's perfect. we have fun here. At this is my bourbon podcast. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, thank you for calling in to uh, Barrel Rings Tim Bourbons. Um, if you also would like to send in a voicemail for next week's episode, one more time, that is eight five nine four two eight eight two five three, and uh, we'll respond to it on air. Swan, we got some questions for this week as well. We sure do. The last one's going to get you there. I don't know if you've seen that one yet. <laughs> I uh, just saw it. Yeah. Should we get that one out of the way first? Yeah, let's just go ahead and get that one out of the way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Joseph Brazo with the, the tough questions. Perry, oh, would, you rather, would you rather have a boy or a girl? In quotations, there's no wrong answer. Honestly, I don't care. I just want <laughs> I want a healthy baby. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know, man. Um, th- there's there's some there's stuff to get into that I won't I won't talk about on air. Um, but I would love that. I would love a little baby girl, but I also love a little baby boy. Like, dang it, man! The thought of both just excites me so much. So, I'll, I'll, here's some here's something I'll, I'll I'll talk about for a second though. You ever heard somebody say, "I just want one of each"? No, I have, and I hate it because it sounds like they're just completing a collection. So like, that's <laughs> oh, my generation, and they're like Pokemon syndrome. We got to catch them all, you know. <laughs> So don't say you want one of each. Say you want a boy and a girl. <laughs> that, that just that just it grates on my nerves so badly. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, I would be happy with whatever comes into this world in early October. Exactly. So that that's not only the the safe answer, but the one that I am sticking with. That's well, probably so, a good one. Anyway, yeah. All right. This is gonna. We're gonna go back to the top here. Eric Smith. If you could pick any celebrity, cartoon, TV show, movie character, athlete, or whoever, not whiskey related, to have a pour with, who would it be? Hmm. Oh, I could. Uh, I could. <laughs> I would really enjoy. And and this sounds slightly bad, but um, pre sober Stevie Ray Vaughan when he was still drinking, like if we could have a drink together and play music at the same time, that would be pretty pretty special to me. Um, I don't know. I feel I feel like it would be real fun to sit down with like Ewan McGregor and <laughs> <laughs> have a have a bourbon with him and. Just just have a conversation. I feel like that guy 
is has stories that we don't know about. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he just seems like an unexplored person as far as celebrities go. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. If I had to pick somebody though, Steve Carell. Oh man, I would love to sit down with Steve Carell. I think Steve Carell would be amazing to have a drink with. That or Amy Poehler. Like I know I'm picking I, two of my favorite oh, TV show characters, but like Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yeah. Duh. But, <laughs> yeah. But still, like Steve Carell just it doesn't matter what he's in. It makes me laugh. From like 40-year-old virgin to the office. Like it's just all of it's good. I I thoroughly enjoy every bit of it. All right. This one's from Brian. Uh, how do you pronounce that last name? Wollert? Wollert. There you go. What band or singer do you most want to put on virtual concert? And would you drink while watching? Cheers. Well, the f- last part of that question is absolutely. Oh, he said, what would you drink while oh, watching? What would you drink while watching? Okay. Um, let's see. I would probably have some more of this larceny because I want to enjoy it and not be too drunk, you know? It's, you know, it's a little lower proof. Uh, and I'd love to see Glass Animals perform. He's been doing some really interesting nice. stuff uh, where he's been doing quarantine covers, and so he's just been... you. Yeah, you sent me and Chad a, a link to that. Yeah, and they're amazing. Like, he, his voice unedited is just wild, and I'd love to see it live. I am really surprised that John Mayer hasn't done a quarantine show yet or virtual concert but i would of course love to see that he's one of my favorites um i i'm kind of in the mood right now for some more kind of like laid back chilled music yeah have you ever heard uh cigarettes after sex yeah dude freaking love that band Mm -hmm. and and i i would be all about just sipping like a red wine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, lis- and listening to them at the moment. But, I mean, I'd go with, I don't know, it's hard not to go with Turkey. I've been such in the mood recently for Granddad 114. Um, yeah. But I also, you know, want to do my part. Yeah, I always want to do my part right now, too, and help stop the spread or kill the infection and drink some 120-proof bourbon. So, yeah. By the way, uh, there was a a, a virolo- vi- virologist, that's how you say it, uh, who did confirm that drinking higher proof spirits can actually kill the coronavirus. So, <laughs> All right. Perry, before we get to the next question, I just want to address Tim Bourbon's. I am currently having double oaked in an Orlin. Oh, how is it? How is it comparing for you? Still just just double oaked. I don't mean I don't want to tell you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Tim Perpins, but it's you know didn't really enhance anything. All right. Greg Reynolds, not necessarily for the show, but who said they like the Peerless Bourbon? It was me. I like the Peerless Bourbon. I think it's smoky, a little scotchy, and it's kind of wonderful for a three-year bourbon. I, I like the the Peerless Bourbon too. I, I have nothing against it by any means um i just don't want to pay it or pay for it it's such a high price point that i have a really difficult time you know just saying yeah 100 bucks for a for a three-year-old bourbon is fine so i mean i don't mind paying 25 for the the little you know 200 mil of it 
that doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. And you know, I I wanted to get it so we could try it for the show way way back the win, the win, the win. Apparently. Jeez. And this next one's from Patrick Starkey. Uh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Yes. When are you guys going to make a trip out west? I know a pretty good tour guide. Um, Is it me? I mean, it's probably you, yeah. But uh, (laughs) honestly, I don't know. I haven't been out west ever. The farthest I've been is Colorado. I flew there and flew right back. And that was about it. I I did a a road trip out west a couple years ago with Lucy's family. And it was amazing. We, We actually drove all the way there and all the way back. Um, we saw at least half of the United States in about a week. And it was incredible, in in all honesty. Um, I've not been to Washington, though. I've not been to California. I've not been to Oregon. I've not been to Washington. So that's 100% on my list. Um, I do love Colorado, though. We stopped there for a, uh, for a night uh, on our way back home. It's beautiful. So, ho- hopefully it's soon. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Steven Sussman asking the important questions here. Best use of bacon grease. I feel like he got confused and went to the wrong group. <laughs> yeah, but one. since you asked, we're getting in depth here. So, like the sausage gravy that you make in the morning, everyone puts little bits of sausage. Do it with bacon. This oh yeah, works great. Same animal. I mean, why not? And uh, <laughs> fantastic. Or or to bribe Swan, uh, like Bron Swanson. Oh well, that's a that's a good way to do it too. Um, there's got to be like a bacon grease cocktail, right? God, I hope somebody's not. done that. I hope I, somebody's done that. I mean, it's it's probably the same people who made like a hot dog ma- martini. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we've got the power of the internet at our fingertips. Let's look it up. Baking grease oh, cocktail. Geez. Let's see. I'm, I'm terrified to find out what this is going to re- result in. <laughs> Bacon infused bourbon recipes from my recipes. One 750 milliliter bottle of bourbon and one fourth cup of warm bacon grease. You know what? Holy moly. <laughs> So a whole bottle of bourbon. <laughs> Perry, that's a good breakfast right there. You want to talk about brunch. Everyone's sipping on their mimosas and you're chugging a fifth of bacon, grease, and bourbon. That's a good that's a good quarantine drink there for <laughs> that is hilarious. God. Don't do that. Don't do that, people. Don't drink straight bacon grease. <laughs> I'm not saying that I want people to do it, but if someone does do it, can you post a picture of you trying it and a Glenn Karen in the group? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I I will say though, um, speaking of odd things and Glenn Karen's, um <laughs> my family's church did virtual communion today, and my dad drank wine out of a Glenn Karen. So <laughs> It made me happy. What a pro. Yeah, indeed. All right. Last Next question. Todd Cooper. What distillery that you haven't been to would you like to visit for an interview after the craziness dies down? One distillery from Kentucky and one from outside. Well, I'd, like, I'd really like to do something with MGP in the future. Yeah, that'd be nice. Or High West. High West would be awesome. 
Wouldn't mind High West. I'm trying to think of outside of Kentucky distilleries. I think MGP is probably a good one. I would really like to visit uh, Dad's Hat. Mm-hmm. Because I want to find out more about Pennsylvania rye. I've not really dipped into that too much and just kind of want to see what it's about. Um, inside Kentucky, I've never been to Heaven Hill. Oh, really? Yeah. Just never been. So I'd like to I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I'd like to go there next. Swan, let's let's make that happen then. I love Heaven Hill. It is beautiful. Yeah, I mean their products are beautiful, and that's enough for me. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, ready well, to go fair, right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um I I'm totally f- for uh Heaven Hill. We've done some stuff with them in the past, but not not enough to I think <clears throat> warrant saying like uh we've we've milked it dry or whatever no there's always Uh, something new from heaven hill distillery in kentucky i mean we we haven't spent enough time with like master distillers or shoot even like freddie johnson we haven't had a full episode with freddie johnson yet he was on the list for this year i mean I, i I, I wish I could tell you guys how many things we had planned for this year before it all got, you know, it all hit the fan. I mean, we we have had to, you know, postpone slash cancel our meetup and live show. And, you know, it's just stuff that everybody's dealing with. But it there there were just so many plans that we had for for this year. And I, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, this is the first time that we've all really gone through something like this. And if you say at some point, man, I'm really bummed that I didn't get to do X or I didn't get to experience A or whatever, that's fine. Like, it's okay. You know, we, we've never dealt with anything like this before. It's fine to feel, you know, some sort of uh, resentment or, or being upset about this. But, you know, we're all going through it. You're allowed to. <laughs> you're allowed to feel things. Yeah, it's to not enjoy quarantine. I don't think there's many people that do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, there there are so many untapped bits of, of of conversation and content that we we haven't even gotten to within Kentucky, and I want to so badly. Um, and we're we're gonna do whatever we can, uh, you know, remotely to still talk to people but you know in the meantime we're it's just going to be us i guess <laughs> yeah so um now we have a segment i'm very much looking forward to <laughs> tips and bits i like i like swan taking over on on segways this is really different and, you, and quite funny are you ready for this perry i have one of the best tips and bits i think i've ever had Okay, Disney what, Plus. What, are, what is your Disney Plus? Oh, has yes, a a wonderful selection of movies, and then you scroll down to the classics section, and there is a there's a movie called The Cat from Space. <laughs> That's right. You were telling me about this the other day. It's perfect. There's no flaws. It's amazing. Uh, I need everyone to watch it, and I need a full group conversation <laughs> in our Facebook group. It's fantastic. We should do. You know what we should do? We should do a virtual movie night um, with with the Patreon community. Yes, absolutely. Where we all we all drink 
bourbon and we watch the same movie, whatever it is, dumb or great. And because that would be that would be quite fantastic. Yeah. And just to clue you in on the plot of this movie, not going to ruin anything. The entire plot is there's a cat that comes crashing down on a very stereotypically shaped UFO. And uh, he gets out and about, finds a scientist, befriends him. Turns out he can talk. His collar lifts things, lifts things <laughs> with magic. Uh, and by magic, I mean the power of his mind. And then uh, the cat decides, oh, I need to fix my spaceship to get back to my people. And what it really means is uh, to fix my spaceship, I need $120,000 in gold. And he looks at his befriended human and he's like, how are we going to do this? Boom. That's the plot of the movie. Gee whiz. Fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like a real like a real winner there, Swan. Yeah. And there's <laughs> at some point there's flying scenes and you can fully see the cables that's holding <laughs> that's, that's holding up the 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 person or thing. <laughs> when was this movie made? I don't even I don't know. It's <laughs> It's a whole thing. Anyways, Perry, what's your tips and or bit? Hold on. Hold on. The Cat from Outer Space is a 1978 movie. (laughs) (laughs) That young, huh? Fantastic. You've already heard. Fantastic. I can reach cocktail and watch the Cat from Outer Space. (laughs) Oh, no. That sounds like a really bad acid trip or something. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Okay, well, um, golly. You got me all flustered by the cat from outer space there, Swan. Good, good. So I'll, I, I will recommend this because, honestly, it's a little self-indulgent and something I kind of forgot to mention up at the top. Um, but... Maybe go subscribe to uh, Whiskey Advocate (laughs) or at least like them on social media because they recommended this very podcast as a a, a podcast to listen to during quarantine or really in general that was whiskey based. And uh, holy crap, that was a huge surprise and something I was not prepared for mentally (laughs) to see. But Really cool. Thank you guys over at Whiskey Advocate for including us in in that list. Yeah, I love the Whiskey Advocate because honestly, there's not many magazines I'd go out of my way to get ever, but that one's in my house. Between that and Bourbon Plus. Yeah, that one and Bourbon (laughs) Plus in my house for sure. And I'm going to let you know something. I read them even when I'm not on the toilet. It's that impressive. (laughs) So they're they're doing big things over there. What is happening? I have lost total control of you this episode. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's a bourbon podcast. What'd you expect? <laughs> I'll also recommend something that, um, you know, I, I had a lot of fun with on, uh, like I was saying, that that live stream that Clifton and I did. Try out some home blends. I think home blends are so cool. And, you know, maybe you've got a couple of bourbons or whiskeys or whatever that you are not that crazy about. And you want to try to improve them? Do a little blend with something else you've got sitting around. I mean, th- there's no harm in just you know pouring an ounce of each into a glass, letting it sit for thirty minutes, and coming back to it and you know testing it out. 
So, yeah, that's it. I'm going to make one after this. I might, too, actually. I might, too. Well, I guess that uh, I guess that does it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening, especially during quarantine. Uh, please also, I, I meant to say this last week, but if you are still listening while you are at home, uh, please also download the episodes. That is a great way for me to track uh, how the episodes are performing and who is listening to them and everything. Um, so I know it's just as easy to stream it over Wi-Fi, but if you're listening, just hit the download button. Uh, that way I know that uh, everybody's still still listening. It, it really does help me out, make sure that I know uh, what's doing well and what's not. But regardless, I just appreciate you guys tuning into the show every week. So until next week, Swan, where can people find you on social media? I'm on Instagram and Facebook at my bourbon finder. Yeah, that's it. That's okay. You're done. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I'm not much of a social media person nowadays. You can uh, follow me personally on basically every social media platform at pritter1492. And if you want to follow the show, it is at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can leave us a five star rating and review right in the podcast app on your iPhone. Uh, super easy to do. It helps us out a lot, pushes us to new listeners. Uh, and we'll read out your five-star review on the show. This one comes from JJF825. Gave us five stars, and the headline was, Love the show. Uh, he said, I started listening to the show just as I was getting into bourbon. I was uh, just trying to learn a little bit about it, but had no idea how much I would enjoy listening to the show each week. It's a ton of fun, and they offer great insight into bourbon. Become a Patreon member, and you get even more content. Uh, great content is what he said it makes it sound like we paid him to leave that review but we did not <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, for leaving that review he's right though you can head to patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast and for as little as a dollar a month you can support the show and for five dollars a month you get bonus episodes every month you get the pregame chats that come out the day before each episode you get live streams and uh, hangouts at ten dollars and there's some other little perks and, and rewards that you get over there as well. I noted the Patreon tag earlier, but it only made sense. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. There's a sale that is going on there right now for 15% off everything, I do believe. That's a great way to support the show if you cannot uh, donate to the Patreon every month as well. And you can send us questions or comments to thisismybourbonshop at gmail.com. And then last but not least, uh, you can leave us a voicemail for our barrel ring segment, much like Tim Bourbons did uh, earlier on in the episode. What a fine, fine moment that was for, for all of us uh, at 859-428-8253. And we'll be happy to listen to your question or comment for us on air. We will respond accordingly. Thank you all so much for listening. That does it for another week of this is My Bourbon podcast. Swan, I'll see you next time, buddy. See you, Perry. All right, but until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast. Bye, y'all. <laughs>